to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast. And my name is Jeff Kickle, once again, your host. And today we're going to talk a little bit about why I stopped talking about retirement. What I found with my clients was when I would talk about retirement, especially my younger clients, uh, the farther and farther away it was, the less they were likely to accept, you know, this, this long-term retirement. And I, I think Part of it's generational. I think part of it, all of us in our 20s and 30s and even early 40s, the last thing we were really thinking about or worried about was long-term retirement and you know what we we're going to do down the road. Uh, so if you're in your 20s today, you know you're you're sitting there thinking, well, I've got 40 years to worry about this. I'm not even going to worry about this right now. Uh, the reality is, for those of us that understand how money works, the longer that the money is working for you the better off it's going to be for you and the more money you'll have as a result of that. The cost of waiting four or five years or even 10 years can be dramatic over your entire life expectancy. So the other thing I think is generational. With the millennial generation, which that's defined by people that were born between the ages uh, or the the years of 1983 and 2000, uh, the millennial generation is just wired a little bit differently than the rest of us are. Um, and that's not good or bad. Uh, they are wired for the fact that they are looking at their own, you know, world and saying, you know, I want to experience life as it goes. I don't want to wait. I can't really imagine sitting around until I'm in my sixties and then retiring. And that's dramatically different between the baby boom generation, which is preceding my own generation X. Uh, the baby boom generation was that generation that grew up in the world where you got up, you went to work every day, you worked exceptionally hard. You were, you know, working a 50 hour, 60 hour work week was nothing out of the ordinary. Uh, that was what it was expected of you. And the more you did, the more money you made and the more toys you could afford and everything else. Beginning with the Generation X, which is my generation, born uh, a, you know, years 1965 to 1982, that, you know, we were the first group that kind of started this transition. We were the first group that started to look at life as, you know, I, I want to enjoy my life. I don't want to just wait around until the end. And I, I don't necessarily live to work. I work to live. Um, I would say I, I tend to be more towards that front end of that generation. Uh, it kind of dates my own age, but I, I think I, I tend to be more of a shadow boomer than a, than a Gen Xer that, you know, the typical Gen Xer. And that, that was kind of the way I was wired. And it really wasn't until recently that, you know, I, I will work myself to death, but for very specific purposes. I'm working myself to death 
for, uh, you know, my goal, which is, hey, I want to be able to free myself up and be able to go. So I'll work in sprints now where I used to just go nonstop. And I would say COVID for me was the best gift that I had ever received. Uh, running a, you know, first off a, a physical space, running my T-Works operations, you know, as soon as COVID hit in March of 2005 or 2020, we just stopped having people coming into the office. Um, it was relatively easy for us to run. We had shut down one of our locations uh, because, you know, of COVID and everything else. And the city of Austin was really being a bear to deal with. So that was a situation where, you know, it was life got simpler. And the fact that our, um, my financial practice, you know, most of our clients were cognizant of the fact that, you know, they didn't really want to be around other people and we were locked down. And so we began doing mostly Zoom appointments. And so my life where I might have gotten in the car and driven 40 minutes to go visit with a client, I didn't have that. I had a lot of more free time in my schedule. Uh, I was able to accomplish a lot more things during the day that I normally would save for the evening. You know, I'd save the days for meeting with clients and appointments, and then I would do some of the admin things in the evening. Well, I was able to get it all done, and I was leaving here at 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, we adjusted our hours because we didn't really have anybody coming in, and there was no need for us to be here before 9 and after 4. And we were originally having to clean up the space because of, you know, what was going on. And, you know, we were all worried about sanitizing. So, you know, we would come in early to, to sanitize the space and, and sanitize at the end of the day. So, you know, my life changed a lot and I kind of liked it a lot. Um, so today I work more in sprints when I need to get things accomplished. I will work a lot of hours, but then I plan for periods of time where I don't have to work as hard. And I think that's, you know, it's true certainly of the Generation X and it's true absolutely of the millennial generation. And I guess what they call Gen Z now. Uh, which is people that were born, you know, from 2000 to 2017. Um, it's, it's a different mindset. Um, I think late Gen Xers and certainly, uh, millennials have a different mindset. They want to experience life now. And I, I quite frankly applaud them of that. They don't want to wait around like my parents and really a lot of people in my generation. Oh, well, I'll work until, you know, I'm 65 and then, you know, then I'll retire and I'm going to go do all the fun things I want to do. I, I don't want to wait around for that. I mean, my wife and I have traveled extensively in our lives. You know, the last five years we've been starting businesses and growing them. And, you know, that hasn't been, we haven't had the ability to travel like we used to. Uh, we were just getting to that point and then COVID hit and we've not really been able to travel overseas, uh, nor do I want to until things calm down. But we are beginning to travel again. We're beginning to get out there. We're beginning to be able to take time off. We've spent a lot of time in our businesses giving ourselves that freedom. And so it's, it's interesting because, you know, as I've told you on a previous podcast, my first Freedom Day was March 15th of 2016. That's the day I quit my last job where I worked for somebody and I started my businesses. 
And that did give me freedom. It did give me the freedom to be able to, you know, get out there, enjoy life. It allowed me the freedom to not have to be anywhere at any specific time unless I had a client appointment. That doesn't necessarily mean I was completely free, and we'll talk about that as we go. But, you know, for me, that first Freedom Day, you know, I go back all the way to October 3rd or October 2nd of 2003. Um, that's really when my world kind of changed. We had been through a three-year downturn in the stock market. Over that time period, I was working for a very, very large financial services company. Thought I was pretty well insulated. I was working with the largest clients that we had inside the company, albeit we were doing most of our planning work over the phones. So we really didn't meet with people in person. But these were highly profitable clients for the firm. Uh, we had a very you know, clear job of supporting them and doing planning for them. And, you know, from that point of view, we felt pretty solid, all the people that worked as part of my team. And I remember October 1st of 2003, we had joined uh, or we had, we had a quick meeting with our boss who said, you know, hey, tomorrow there's going to be some layoffs. I just want to let you guys know we've got a meeting in the morning. Uh, but there will be some people on other teams laid off and things like that. And so, you know, went to home or went home that night and certainly didn't feel that good about that for my friends. And then we walked in on October 2nd, 2003, which just so happens to be my dad's birthday. So I always remember this. And our, we were the first one that the, the people in the department met with, the, our director and, and manager. And that conversation was, your position is being eliminated. Uh, you have the choice. You have two weeks to make a decision whether you want to take a severance package, which will give you, you know, uh, I think it was going to give us like one uh, one week of severance for every year we'd been with the firm, which I had been there nine years at that point. And, you know, or you can take a demotion to a service representative, you know, going from being an account executive to a service representative and taking about a $50,000 a year pay cut, that was our option, you know? And so after the initial state of shock, uh, you know, you have that conversation with your spouse. And I mean, I remember driving home that night and I was the, I was the breadwinner for the family. So this is, this was a major issue for me. And I remember literally bawling my eyes out driving home, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I was not in the position at that time. We were not in the position. We just bought a house, you know, a couple of years before that. We were still doing about a bunch of renovations and spending a lot of money with it. And we were definitely not in the financial position for me to lose a job, you know, and, and take the risk of leaving, running out of money and then trying to find a job somewhere. So I, um, I made the decision. Uh, my wife and I made the decision to suck it up keep the job, you know, we didn't know how long the, the markets were going to be down. They'd been down for three years at that point. We didn't really know how long the recession was going to go. And we just sucked it up and, you know, cut back on expenses. A lot of credit card debt got built up as we were, you know, planning for this. And, and fortunately, 
some of my clients and some of our other clients reached out. Most of my team had quit or most of the other folks that did what I did quit. And there was about seven of us that stayed on board. And we ended up um, getting pulled back into the role that we had because our clients weren't happy. But we were told that you've got basically 12 months to find another job inside the company uh, or, you know, you're, you're going to be laid off at that point. So it gave us a little bit of time. Uh, it gave me the opportunity to go work in our branch system at the time, which was a dream that I'd had anyhow. Didn't really hurt my boss's, uh, my future boss's headcount. Uh, we were allowed to slide in there. They, we gave them headcount uh, or the company gave them headcount to hire us on board. So it, it was a win-win situation for the branch system and turned out to be a, a good thing for me. I had a, a lot of good years ahead of me in the branches. But one of the things that that really changed during that time period is after that point of time, every time, you know, I, I kind of lived for the weekends. I lived for vacation. I lived for the weekends. Uh, it was just, it was a fun thing, you know, for us to go travel all over the world. But every time that I would come back or every weekend, sometime around Saturday or Sunday afternoon, I would get this kind of a knot in the pit of my stomach because I didn't know when I was going into work the next day, was I going to get fired? And even after the markets recovered, I still had that pit of my stomach issue of, am I going to get fired? Is something going to happen? Am I going to do something wrong and get fired? And I lived with that for the next 12 years of my life. As I stayed with the company where I was at, another seven years, almost eight years at that point, uh, every single day that I came in, I mean, literally to the point, the day that I, or every time I would get close to the the point to swipe my badge every morning, I would break out into a cold sweat, hoping that the door would actually open. Um, no, yeah. Now, now if I look back, I'm like, you were an idiot because literally they would have let you in the building so that they could get your card back. But that was the that was the constant state of psychological harm that that did to me during that time period. Now, I tell you this story for a very interesting reason, because I lived through that, even leaving, going to work for another firm after that, a competitor, um, and going to work after that pseudo for myself, but still really working for somebody else and two other jobs. Every single Saturday or every single Sunday, I had that feeling in the pit of my stomach going into work the next day. The first day that I did not experience that pit of my stomach feeling was March 1st of 2016. That was the first day that I left working for someone else who could fire me at any point uh, for reason or not. Uh, I worked in Texas, so it is a it's a right to work state. So that means I have the right to work, and they have the right to fire me if they feel like it. So that for me was a huge, huge, huge win. Um, every day since that point, I've never had that feeling. Um, I own all the companies that I'm part of. I'm the the key shareholder, or at least a fifty fifty partner in every company that I own. And literally, I am the only person that can fire me. The advantage for, uh, the advantage of that is 
that removed that psychological issue that I had, that problem, that thing that was holding me back. Um, now, that doesn't mean that I was completely free, by the way. That was my first Freedom Day, and that's something I want you to understand. Freedom Day is not based on time, so it is not based on some age in the future. There is no magic age for Freedom Day. Freedom Day is completely focused around the fact of you have X amount of expenses that have to be paid every month. If you can create another revenue source, uh, whether it be a small business, investments that you've made that kick off income, um, investment in another business where you're a partner in that business, buying a franchise, buying real estate, whatever it is that creates an income for you that can replace your W-2 income from your job, that is your freedom day. Now, what does that mean? That does not mean retirement. It doesn't mean that if I am able to create my freedom day by age 55, let's say, in a year from now, that I'm going to stop working. That means that I have the freedom that I don't have to work if I don't want to. Some of you may love what you do. I've talked to many clients that absolutely love what they want to do or what they do and would do it literally for the rest of their lives. I'm one of those people. I I don't know if I'll own the co-working spaces for, you know, the rest of my life. Most likely not. I would most likely sell those at some point in time because it's not always where my passion is. But I enjoy training people how to grow businesses. I enjoy doing exit planning with clients and I enjoy being a financial planner and a wealth manager. Those are all things that I could do until literally the day I die and most likely will. So my freedom day, you know, my first freedom day, like I said, is March 1st, 2016. My second freedom day happened about a month ago, August 1st of 2016. And 21, I was able to finally hire enough people on my teams that I no longer have to be there to do the day-to-day running of the business. It's allowing me to have freedom to take a vacation, God forbid. Uh, We're actually getting to go back and take a vacation because throughout the COVID period of time, when we had to reduce staff in my co-working spaces, At one point in time, it was just my wife and I running the entire company by ourselves, which we knew wasn't sustainable. So we ended up hiring somebody to run one of our spaces, um, and my wife took over running the other, which is fine and dandy. And we've gone through a couple people finding the right person, and we're fine with that. Our other spaces are run by somebody else, but this one was run by my wife specifically and me helping out. And the problem is, if you ever want to take a vacation, we would literally have to close the space or find somebody else to run it, which in the past we had had our our one location has less of a need for somebody. So we would bring that person over here. Well, we made a decision in late July, early August to hire somebody to help over here that could take over. And we found a really outstanding person who can run the place. I can trust him. I, I don't have to worry about whether it's taken care of and done. He also, if he gets into trouble, he will call us and all that. And so my wife and I are taking our first vacation in a long time. 
uh, literally since COVID started and being able to, to take, you know, almost a week off and not have to be involved in business. And, and the financial practice can run without me being involved. The rest of my team can take care of things. I can, you know, set or settle up things on when we come back. So that's, you know, that's the concept of Freedom Day. It's not, I'm going to wait until I'm 65 or 66. And, you know, now all of a sudden I'm going to go on a ton of trips like my parents did. And there's nothing wrong with that. They, they also traveled while they were working, but they really, when they retired, went nutso and went on every trip that they could think of, traveled all around the world. And then they kind of ran out of things to do. Uh, literally it was, Right before COVID, they had kind of done everything that they'd ever wanted to do, which is fine. They're, they're, you know, still young and healthy enough that they could still do things if they wanted to. They did all the things that they really wanted to, but I also don't want to reach the point of, okay, well, I've run out of things to do. And now, you know, now I've got to figure things to do every day and I don't really want to go travel places. So that said, you know, when we talk about Freedom Day, on the previous show, on episode two, we talked about debt and how debt is a killer. Uh, debt is something that needs to be eradicated from your budget. Um, you need to get rid of it because for every dollar that you spend on debt today, that reduces your long-term savings after 30 years to 10 or by $10. Uh, so it's a one for 10 situation at an 8% return. So what do you need to do? What's the next step for y'all to do? If you did your homework, you've written down all your debt, you've put it from smallest to largest and put on there how much your minimum payment is per month. Now we need to determine your budget. So here's what I need you to do this time. Your exercise is you're going to determine your existing budget. Uh, if you don't have a good budget worksheet, if you go to our our uh, webpage at resources.thefreedomdayway.com. When you click on that, it'll take you to a landing page where it has a bunch of these things by episode, the tools by, for that episode. And I do have a budget worksheet that you can use that you can download from there. Um, write out your budget, figure out what you spend money on every month. Then what are your current resources? How much do you have saved? as far as investable dollars that are accessible to you. Um, how much do you have say, or how much income do you have uh, that's coming in from your job, but also how much income is coming in from passive income sources, whether it's investment income, whether it is uh, rental real estate that you might have, whether you're working, you know, side gigs in the gig economy, whatever it is, what are those resources? Um, once you've done that, we'll continue to move on, um, to help figure out what that difference is going to be between your income and your debt that you have, your expenses that are going out. And we'll talk about some different things that we can do to reduce our, you know, reduce the ex expense side of things. Uh, without really changing your cash flow a lot, and then maybe ways that you can increase your income. So we'll talk about your, your freedom vehicles that you have uh, that can help either reduce debt or get you toward your freedom day. So that's your homework. Um, look forward to uh, you getting out there 
Remember on our social media, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Instagram, I want you to go out there, put a note out there, you know, copy us on there and put hashtag Freedom Day, uh, hashtag budget on there. And that tells us that you've committed to, to looking at your budget and getting yourself kind of prepared for our journey towards Freedom Day. So thanks a lot. We look forward to uh, talking to you down the road. On our next episode, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into the best business book that I ever read. And we're going to start to introduce you to the concept of what it looks like to be outside the world of an employee and what path that you might want to follow to go there. So thanks a lot. We'll see you back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.